going on guys this is Gary today is the 22nd of October hope you're doing well so we just ended game week nine in fantasy Premier League uh, hard to believe that uh, we're moving right through this what are we about a quarter of the way done already so uh, you know I remember earlier in the season I think everybody did relatively well in game week one I think it was <clears throat> Then game weeks two, three, and four started to um, to get kind of bad for a lot of managers. Um, the game week averages were well below what they were that first game week, and there were lots of lots of encouragement, which is nice, but lots of reminders on Twitter and Instagram and all around <clears throat> reminding people that hey, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you know. 37 weeks left, 36 weeks left. Well, now we're down to 28 weeks left. So still, or sorry, 29, um, still a lot of time to be had, but it's moving relatively quickly. So not to incite a riot or to suggest that panic needs to start setting in by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I guess the old adage of uh, time flies when you're having fun uh, holds true in this. Don't know if I can honestly say that this has been a ton of fun. Um, there has been fun for sure, um, sort of coupled with uh, a lot of stress, I guess. Uh, a lot of why didn't I or I should have gone with, <clears throat> which I think is just sort of uh, natural to every FPL manager of second-guessing ourselves. So um, <clears throat> I try not to beat myself up on that. Uh, I try to encourage others not to because at the end of the day, this really is supposed to be about fun. Um, I know that we are a competitive lot, and we want to get the best potential overall ranking at the end of the season that we possibly can, and that's why we spend countless hours a week um, a month and a season trying to put together the perfect team. But I think if there's one thing that we have learned over these nine weeks is that there is no perfect team. Uh, the template team, as it's called, uh, the team full of the most owned players and the most popular players <clears throat> hasn't been cutting it. Um, so we have started a little bit more loudly, I guess, to sort of... Um, spread the word uh, and support the notion that um, differentials are where it's at. Uh, differentials and, of course, getting the right captain. So for those of us uh, that have the template team or 90% of the template team somewhere, you know, largely the template team will say, um, that captain can make all the difference. And uh, the usual suspects that are the favorite captains haven't been delivering uh, like we would expect and like they have in the past either. So uh, captaincy becomes a larger differential than it normally has played, I would suppose. Um, certainly differential players, if you look at any given game week's dream team, there's a lot of names in there of players that are, I would argue, uh, or at least estimate are you know well below two or even one percent ownership many of them not all of them but many of them and it just goes to show back to the the infusing fun into this 
that's the fun part, right? Taking a punt, taking a risk, taking a chance on a player that um, doesn't have a lot of ownership, but that you see potential in, or you're just like, you know, what the heck? This player and just hope that he delivers. Um, that's what makes it fun. Uh, there's no pressure there, right? Uh, you haven't followed the template or you haven't overanalyzed all of the underlying stats to death. Uh, maybe you just sort of lightly look at the stats. You've seen this player play. You think that he's a promising player. Uh, the fixture looks right. And you just say, what the heck? I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and choose this guy for my team. So that's what we did with uh, Hudson Adoy starting last week. And I know that he's not a massive uh, risk because we know he's a good player. Ownership was low. Ownership was uh, either just under or, or right above uh, 1% ownership when we brought him in. And he's been doing all right. And it sounds like I didn't get a chance to watch the Chelsea game, but it sounds like he had uh, he had created a couple of big chances, um, and maybe he missed a couple of big chances. So if he can connect on those, um, and his teammates can connect on putting away the chances he creates, then um, he becomes a tremendous value and a nice differential for the time being. What I'm seeing also, and this is all just observational stuff. I don't necessarily haven't tracked the data to support this, but managers seem to be jumping on the bandwagons much more quickly this season than in the past. So if a player, even a player who is nowhere on anybody's radar, has a even somewhat good game week, um, you can pretty much bet that you're going to see him in the the five most or maybe the ten most transferred in players of that game week. Look at Vestigard um, a few weeks ago and his price went up and he was a super popular player um, even though he had probably not even been on a watch list of 99.9% of the managers that ended up transferring him in. Now that's part of the fun of FPL is discovering these players, these value players. Um, Doherty as an example, last season, Juan Basaka as an example last season, um, and we certainly have a few of those this season. But it just seems like a much more um, sensitive and reactive market, uh, if that's what you want to call it, than there has been in previous seasons. Um, I think a lot of free transfers get burned chasing around those players that had one good game week or um, – or are super popular for a game week for whatever reason um, when those transfers could have been used on something a little more substantial. Um, so <clears throat> finding the right balance between using those transfers and that wild card to take risks a little bit, even one player in your starting 11, that's not that much to ask, but I think that's where the fun of this is. Otherwise, we're just reaping the same points, the same benefits, and the same uh, movement in arrows, red or green, that everybody else is. So in terms of, of moving, um, you're not going to see much growth that way in terms of your overall rank. Uh, having that one player, and we've seen that, an extra four, five, six points here and there 
um, can mean thousands or tens of thousands or even in some cases hundreds of thousands of, um, of spots in the rank. So find those differentials. Um, take calculated risk or just take the what the hell risks and see what happens. And we will certainly continue uh, through Instagram to list those players and the ones that we think uh, sort of are picks and punts and risks for the upcoming game week. We'll continue to do that. Speaking of Instagram, please join us there. It is um, the channel through which we are most active. Um, Twitter, somewhat. um, This podcast, somewhat, but really... Instagram is sort of a home base for us. So if you haven't given us a follow, our handle is at Let's Talk Soccer. Please give us a follow. Uh, We love to correspond with everyone, whether it's through comments or direct messages. Uh, We have fun posting content there. So um, join us there if you will. Now, speaking of this podcast quickly, clearly, if you've stayed with us this long through this episode, you have realized that... um, we're not what you might call a uh, production-heavy operation. Um, there's no production value in this whatsoever. But hopefully the content, uh, a little witty banner here and there, uh, but we hope that that's what keeps you coming back. Um, no, we haven't invested in um, expensive or even inexpensive uh podcast equipment, recording equipment, digital audio equipment, none of that. Um, We just do it because we love it and we're not looking to get, uh, you know, an award for our podcast. We do put 98.5% of our time and energy into Instagram and it shows. Uh, you know, what you get out of it is what you put into it in a lot of cases, and that definitely holds true um, for us with Instagram. Okay, so let's get into game week nine and look back a little bit before we look ahead to week 10. So another frustrating week for pretty much everybody. Um, have seen some some decent scores. Um, and congratulations to those that did. Um, we're extremely happy for you guys. The game week average was only 37 points. So if you got anywhere near or above that, then you crushed it, basically. And remember, everything's relative. So uh, where 70 points was a pretty good or a decent score many weeks last season you know, 58 would have been tremendous this week. So it's just, it's all relative uh, to what the game week average is. So we ended up getting 41 points. And here's how we did it. We had Pope and goal with just one point. Uh, Alexander Arnold with just two points. Uh, Peters with one point. He came off our bench. Lundstrom was six points. Uh, everybody loves Johnny Lundstrom, and for good reason. McGinn got us two points. Sterling, our vice captain, with five. Hudson Adoy, um, one of the two heroes, we'll say one of the three heroes of our team for this week, um, and the only three with returns, um, got us nine points. Sala, of course, did not play. 
De Bruyne with just three points, Vardy with eight points, and Abraham with four points, but he was our captain, so really two. So technically, we played with just 10 players because uh, on our bench, Otamendi, who was one of our starters, but got auto-subbed to the bench when Peters came on. Um, Kelly and Green. <clears throat> Definitely could have been much worse. We actually did see a bit of a green arrow moving from about 147K to 120K. So we will take that. Hoping to have a uh, fully fit and fully operational starting 11 for next week. <clears throat> now, let's go through then a little bit of injury news. Uh, tonight... Champions League matches were played by both Spurs and Man City. Uh, Man City had Otamendi back in on the team sheet. He actually came on late in the match, but he is fit. Mendy is fit. De Bruyne <clears throat> looks to be fine. He actually played um, quite well in the game. So um, it looks like they're all back and playing fine. Um, Spurs, everyone is good. Liverpool has already come out with uh, the 19 that traveled for their Champions League match on Wednesday. Alexander-Arnold did not travel. He's not injured, but he does have an illness. I believe it's a virus. So we will um, certainly, as news uh, develops <clears throat> on him, we will update that as quickly as we can. Mo Salah did travel with the team, so it looks like his injury is over. So if you have held on to him over the past couple of weeks uh, when a lot of managers have been transferring him out, it looks like you'll be rewarded at least in the form um, that he'll play <clears throat> this weekend. Can't promise that he will deliver uh, more than two points or more than three points, but at least it looks like he will uh, – he will play for you. So that's good. Um, other notable injuries. Let's see who we have here. Zinchenko uh, injured, has a knee injury, and the team has not yet said how uh, substantial or insignificant it is. They're going to run more tests. And, uh, you know, Pep is always crystal clear about these things. I joke but at least some news will be released by the team later in the week. Uh, at the latest, I would imagine, would be um, the team's press conference on either Thursday or Friday. Seems like Man City uh, typically do theirs on Friday. Um, and I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that, how the order of those is decided. But I've always been curious. So if you know, send us a DM on Instagram because I would love to know that. Speaking of Friday, everybody listen here. The deadline is Friday. This Friday is not a Saturday deadline. There is a match <clears throat> being played on Friday. So um, looks like it is 2 o'clock uh, BST. Um, so be aware of that. Actually, that may be 2 o'clock. Um, sorry. EST, 
So for those of us in America, in the United States, um, on the East Coast at least, it is 2 o'clock our time. Apologies for that. But just beware, um, regardless of where you live, that Friday is the deadline. Most – oh, actually, let's uh, jump back to some injury updates. Uh, Matip, no um, update uh, has been provided on the FPL website, although he did travel with uh, Liverpool as well. So he looks to be fine for those of you that held on to him. Of course, we know that Allison is back and playing, so um, I would imagine he'll be a highly transferred in player for the week. No update on Martin Kelly on his groin injury. Those can be nagging, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if He's out another week, but um, I would hope that Roy will give a uh, a detailed update on him. In terms of any other injuries that could sort of affect a large chunk of uh, of either current owners or those looking to transfer these players in or out, um, looks like Wesley. Uh, has a knock and has a 75% chance of playing. And Barnes, his status has not been updated with also with a groin injury. So it's getting to be that time of season when injuries are starting to, um, to show and players are starting to fall victim on that. Pogba, um, still out with an ankle injury. Fabianski, uh, expected back January 1st, <clears throat> and I know he was uh, a goalkeeper for a lot of you guys, so um, actually January will be here before you know it. So that's it in terms of sort of major, at least right now, uh, major injuries to talk about, or at least from notable players. Transfers in this game week, De Bruyne is number one as of right now, Vardy number two. Mane third, Abraham in the fourth spot, and his teammate Hudson Adoy is in fifth in terms of most transfers in. Those um, those Chelsea boys are a popular lot these days, and for good reason. Um, good form and good fixtures makes for um, high demand. Most transfers out so far this game week. Pookie in the first spot, Sun, who actually just scored two. For Spurs in a Champions League match, <clears throat> second most transferred out Salah, who we mentioned earlier. Third most transferred out Kane, who I also I believe had two goals for Spurs um, in a big win for Champions League. Uh, is fourth most transferred out, and then Mahrez, who played pretty well for Man City, had an assist in the game. Uh, he is the fifth most transferred out. So keep an eye. On that transfer activity, because certainly transfer activity uh, corresponds directly with price changes. And we do try to post throughout the day or at some point in the day um, potential, always potential price changes. We never know for sure. And FPL is certainly not uh, transparent um, about price changes and, and when they're happening. I'm not quite sure. Why they do that, if it's intentional or just something they haven't gotten around to yet. But in terms of uh, players this week that could see potential price increases, Tomori, Mount, 
another couple of Chelsea players. Um, Connolly is up there. Mane, of course, who we just mentioned. Lots of uh, demand for him in there as well. And then in terms of price drops on notable players, Mahrez is in there. Walker is in there. Conte, not super well-owned, um, but he is also on that list. And then it doesn't look like any other widely owned players are really threatened by um, by a price drop. But we know things can move quickly, especially when injuries um, or statuses are announced. Either a player is announced to be fit and good and demand goes way up, uh, or a player, especially a popular one that has a lot of ownership, is um, announced as questionable or out for the weekend, and we know that that price can plummet very, very quickly. All right, let's look then at fixtures for Week 10. Quickly, we'll go through these and we'll talk about some players um, that would be on our watch list. Southampton um, hosts Leicester City. Of course, Danny Ings has been playing very well and for his price has been a great value. So if you're looking to fill that third forward spot and you have a little bit of money but maybe not enough money to get uh, Wilson um, or you know players that uh, are sort of in that mid-six to uh, high-seven range, you know, Jimenez is in there as well, then Ings could be a good player to get. Otherwise, I don't tend to like Southampton players um, for, uh, for my team, at least. Leicester City, on the other hand, have some great players <clears throat> worth considering. Jamie Vardy uh, is not only, I think, a player worth considering, but I think he's um, many times a player worth considering to be captain as well. Of course, Madison, who's had a little bit uh, of an, a nagging injury, so need to keep an eye on him. But if he's fit, certainly he's a player. Tillemans has actually stepped up his game a little bit. Remember when Iosi Perez was, uh, by many of us, and us included, uh, thought that he was going to be this amazing value because of uh, you know a few good weeks towards the end of the season for Newcastle last season. And boy, were we wrong about that. But Tielemans has sort of found his rhythm and he could be a good get. And then, of course, defensively, you've got Schmeichel, uh, Soyuncu, Chilwell, and Pereira back there. So lots of options as far as the Leicester City uh, defense goes and some great on the attack as well, and their fixtures are relatively favorable. Man City at home to Austin Villa. Only thing we need to work about or worry about there is uh, squad rotation for Pep. Um, I am uh, resigned to trying to figure that out. Um, Sterling, De Bruyne, Aguero all started in the Champions League match tonight, but... Um, it, I, that doesn't mean that they're not going to play uh, or that they'll even be on managed minutes. So, um, you know, it was a Tuesday game. They don't play until Saturday. Plenty of time to rest and recover. So <clears throat> let's not worry about that because it's hard enough to predict with Pep. 
um, no reason to further punish ourselves by layering in any other sorts of criteria in there. So our picks, KDB, uh, probably the best value among the bunch. Um, Sterling, of course, I think David Silva, who was rested in this game, um, had a great game in week nine, made the dream team, the FPL dream team. I think he's a great value. I think Bernardo Silva uh, will continue to start. I think Pep is going to get as much out of him as possible if the FA finds him guilty and if the FA uh, puts a ban on him for however many games they may do. Um, So I think Bernardo Silva is worth the risk, and we talked about taking risks earlier. I think he's a great player to do that with. Um, I think Aguero will start at home. He had a couple of goals for City in the Champions League match, and I, I hate comparing uh, any sort of domestic or international matches or European matches, domestic, whatever the case may be, <clears throat> to Premier League because it's just it's a whole different game. Um, so, but he looked great. Sterling had a hat trick; could have had four. Of course, he pulled a Sterling. And missed an easy one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Relatively easy. Um, De Bruyne played well. So uh, I think those are all players worth going with. We have Otamendi. We will not get rid of him yet. I have a feeling that he will um, start this game. Um, So not much to worry about there. And then I think, uh, assuming Mendy stays fit, especially with Zinchenko now injured, I would imagine that Mendy is a lock for game week 10. On the Austin Villa side, um, hmm. there's McGinn. Grelish has been playing really well, and and, uh, there's a case to be made that Grelish is playing a bit higher on the pitch now than McGinn has. Maybe McGinn's taking a little step back. um, And if that's what's going on, um, it has shown in Grelish's performances Lately, so um, I think as of right now, he and McGinn are the same price. So if you want to do a like-for-like swap, I don't know that it's worth it, but you certainly could if you wanted to. Um, But if you don't have Grelish or McGinn, I think that they are players uh, worth considering. Don't know that I would start them this weekend against City. But if you're wild-carding and... uh, you need some value-priced midfielders, then they are certainly ones um, to go with. Brighton at home to Everton. Um, Connolly, only, what, $4.5 million. Looks like his price may go up this evening or maybe tomorrow. Um, certainly a great replacement for Greenwood, and he has been getting minutes and starts recently there. Uh, Mopoy is another one that has been in great form, and they are at home. Um, So I would consider um, those players. Matty Ryan, great goalkeeper, um, at the very least should get you some saves points. So he may be worth the get. On the Everton side, they definitely showed better form as a team in Week 9. If you have Luka Dean... I think he's worth holding on to for right now. Um, I don't know that he's worth getting just yet. And that goes for all other Everton players, too. If you have a Richarlison, <clears throat> maybe hold, but I wouldn't go out and get 
Watford, Bournemouth, I've said it the entire season. Um, there are certain teams, no offense to those teams, but certain teams that I will not have players from on my FPL team. Watford is one of those teams. They are at home to Bournemouth. On the other hand, Bournemouth, um, of course, Wilson, Callum Wilson, that is, um, and Rico are two of the more popular players um, for different reasons. Uh, Wilson on his attacking returns and uh, Rico, he's extremely cheap. And Bournemouth have been good about getting clean sheets. So uh, two players to watch there. I think Josh King could also be thrown into that mix if you don't have enough for Wilson. West Ham at home to Sheffield United, of course. We've got Johnny Lundstrom, the uh, king of all FPL defenders at the moment. He seems like he's a must-have, and I don't use that term very often, um, but a player worth getting. I think Oliver Norwood um, is an interesting player to consider. Most balls go through him. Um, If you watched them play uh, on Monday night, he actually had a really good game, so also something to think about. And of course, uh, the goalkeeper Henderson has had an amazing amount of clean sheets and has an amazing amount of FPL points. Um, considering that they are a newly promoted team. So um, whether you get him as your set-and-forget or maybe to rotate with another goalkeeper, I think he is definitely worth the look. On the West Ham side, um, Yarmolenko is the player that I would suggest the most heavily. If you own Allaire, maybe you give him another home game, um, but I certainly wouldn't go out and get him. Chelsea go to Burnley on the Chelsea side. Take your pick. hudson Adoy, Mount could even double up in the midfield with the two. Um, I will give you a sneak peek at our team, and we have doubled up <clears throat> on them. Um, and we also have Abraham, so a lot of people doing the Chelsea triple, whether it's Abraham, either Mount and or uh, hudson Adoy. And then if it's just one of those two midfielders, then uh, a Chelsea defender, Tomori, Marcus Alonso has been playing well back there as well. On the Burnley side, things have kind of died down a little bit for them. As a Pope owner, of course, I'm concerned um, with what he's going to face from Chelsea this weekend. Uh, But I hope that at least he'll get... Maybe a couple of points as far as save goes. I do think that he'll be under fire a lot, but I'm hoping that that sort of gets canceled out and even bested a little bit by um, saves points. So I'll gladly take those. On Sunday, we have Wolves going to Newcastle. Um, Maybe, as we talk about risks, maybe uh, there's a Newcastle player that's worth taking a risk on. I'm not entirely sure about that, though, but if they're going to get something done, you've got to assume that they're going to get it done at home. So maybe uh, a player like Longstaff, um, Sean Longstaff, that is maybe the one to go with there. Um Otherwise, I don't know that I would touch any um, Newcastle players, at least not currently. Um, Wolves, on the other hand, 
Doherty seems to be back in good form. Jimenez playing well. Patricio back there in, in goal. Um, Bowley and a couple of his other mates on defense also worth the look. Arsenal at home to Crystal Palace. Um, Aubameyang and that Arsenal attack not looking great lately. Uh, lost 0-1, to 0-1 to Sheffield on Monday night. Uh, Pepe doesn't impress me at all, I think. If you're going to spend that money in midfield, then uh, De Bruyne is the number one option there, and Son is probably the number two option. But if you have him, you may want to hold. But if you have a free transfer or two, and nowhere else on your team is in desperate need of anything, and you don't have uh, De Bruyne especially, I would say go get him. Get rid of Pepe and get De Bruyne. That's what I would do at least. Um, Elsewhere, perhaps one of the Arsenal defenders, but they've been leaky, so no. I'm going to say no on that. Um, But they do have some good value of um, some young, inexpensive players elsewhere on the pitch that may be... Worth it if you're just looking for um, bench fodder and players to help um, enable other moves. Saka uh, played actually very well, especially for as young as he is. And he started the last three games, uh, and he's only $4.5 million as a midfielder there. Uh, Guendozi, of course, we know what he can do, um, probably more so than Ceballos, quite Honestly, so that's where I would go as far as Arsenal players are. Crystal Palace, waiting to see what's going to happen with Martin Kelly. Otherwise, um, Van Anhol is the only other player that I would suggest considering from that team. Uh, Two more games to look at here. Spurs go to Liverpool. Should hopefully be a great match. Um, Spurs, of course, not on form as far as their Premier League matches go. Uh, Liverpool dropped a couple of points over the weekend to Man U. So who knows how this is going to go. Did the draw um, and the comeback that Liverpool had to make in that game, uh, did it uh, prompt a response where they're going to try to punish Spurs? Or has it gotten in their heads a little bit that they are fallible um, and... maybe they have an opportunity to even lose more points um, over this coming weekend. So uh, if you haven't yet traded away Salah, now's not the time to do it. Give him that home game to prove himself. And of course, soon enough, Liverpool's fixtures take a turn for the better. Um, Mane is a player worth getting if you don't have him and if you're tempted to drop Salah, regardless of what I just said, then I think Mane, I think you've got to have some Liverpool coverage there. So if it's not Salah, then it's Mane of sort. Of course, Mane being a little bit cheaper, not as much as he was at the start of the season, but a little bit cheaper. Um, If that can enable you to make a second move um, to improve your team, then do. Uh, Defensively, I think Allison is as good of a value as he's going to be all season because of the price drops that he's seen ever since his injury. Uh, definitely worth getting. We know about the Liverpool defense. If you don't have one of their defenders in yet, 
then you're not actively playing FPL as far as I'm concerned. On the Spurs side, I, I don't know. If you are if you still have Kane, um, I think there's so much you could do with that money. Um, you could get a player like Vardy in your squad or even Firmino for that matter and spread that money around to other places and upgrade your team. Remember that when you're doing things like that, it's not just about the one-to-one uh, player going out to the player coming in in a lot of cases, especially if you're making more than one transfer. It is the cumulative effect of are these two players that I'm going to potentially bring into my team, will they out-earn the two players that I'm potentially thinking about losing from my team? And that's the way you need to look at it. It's not, will this player outdo this player, and that's the end of the decision. Will uh, replacing Kane with Jamie Vardy allow you to upgrade a midfielder? Um, let's just say, I haven't done the math on this, but let's just say you could um, upgrade Cantwell to hudson Adoy. That sounds to me like that's a transfer worth doing because the points that, um, in this example, that Vardy and hudson Adoy are going to earn over the course of the next few or several game weeks or even the rest of the season should be greater than, will be greater than, um, I think I can confidently say, than what Harry Kane and Cantwell, Todd Cantwell, will earn over the season. So that's kind of how you need to look at it. So, not a big fan of Harry Kane right now, but I do know the damage he can do, and I certainly respect that. Uh, Sun, I think, is starting to come into form a bit, so he may be uh, one to get, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Defensively, I would stay away from Spurs players, uh, while Gazaniga seems like an attractive um, get because of his price in goal and because of Lloris' injury. Um, they just have been conceding too many goals. They're too unpredictable for me. Last match that we'll talk about here in Week 10 is Manchester United. Go to Carabao and play Norwich. Um, If Norwich are going to do anything, it's going to be at home, but we said that last game, two for them, um, and a lot of managers had had it with Pookie. The party was over um, in Week 8, I guess that was. So... If you still have Cantwell or Pookie, now's probably not the time to get rid of them because Manu have not been in the best of form, although they did play well against Liverpool. So maybe things are turning for them. Um, but I would at least give the Pookster uh, and Cantwell through this weekend, through Week 10, uh, to prove their worth because at some point, Somebody's going to have a good game, so this seems like a good chance to do that. Uh, Manchester United-wise, I would not recommend going out and actively getting one of their players until I see more from them. I would definitely want to see more. Martial uh, was on the bench um, for the game against Liverpool this past weekend. I'm guessing he's likely to start, but again, until... um, I see how the team is playing, and I see how he is playing. Will he play up in the nine spot, or will Rashford continue to have that? Those are the things that I would want to see uh, before I transfer Martial, and I don't think there's a rush to get him, although it is tempting because we know Norwich um, 
normally can't defend to save their lives. So um, if you're going to get a Man U player, I would suggest Martial to be the one. All right, guys. I think – oh, let me go through my team and then we'll wrap it up. Um, our team, I should say. So our team is going to look like this for game week 10. In goal, we've got Pope. We already talked about that. Uh, back three, Alexander-Arnold, assuming that he is fit. Um, Otamendi and Lundstrom, all three in the back. De Bruyne, Hudson-Odoi, Sterling, Mane, and Mount as our five midfielders. That is a powerful midfield. I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, Abraham and Vardy, the two up top, of course, excited about them as well. Um, right now, Sterling is our captain. Hopefully he can carry over uh, that hat trick um, in almost a quadruple, uh, can carry that form over from Champions League to the home match um, this weekend against Villa. Uh, we've got De Bruyne as our vice captain, just in case Pep plays a little bit of roulette. Wouldn't put that past him at all. Um, and then uh, on the bench, we've got Button in goal, so that's a throwaway uh, bench spot. And then Connolly in the first bench spot, Peters in the second, and Kelly is our third bench player. So that's how we're going to line up. <clears throat> Send us your teams. On Instagram, direct message us, and we will be happy to comment on those as much as time allows. Um, and that's going to do it for us, guys. So, of course, we always wish you nothing but green arrows. Go to our Instagram page, at Let's Talk Soccer, and we'll have lots of information, um, insights, and suggestions there for you. So, until next time, this is Gary on behalf of Josh saying peace and goodbye. <laughs>